Hello and welcome back to, uh, do you have a name for the podcast? What now, Jesus? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm Father Kyle Schnippel. I'm a priest for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Um, with me normally is my friend, Father David Dosek, but I have a special guest this weekend. Hello. Good to, good to be with you, Father Kyle. Hi, Father Ambrose. I'm Father Ambrose DeBrosi, also a priest of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And unfortunately for him, Father Kyle Schnippel's mm-hmm. parochial vicar. Is it unfortunate for me or unfortunate for you that I'm your pastor? I, it's been working out great for me so far. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a real uh, real blessing to work with you and to uh, uh, just... Uh, get to know you better and live with you, work with you, minister with you and, um, pray with you, I think is the best thing. Yeah. yeah. It's actually a big, big improvement. Getting to pray together regularly has been fantastic. Yeah. We, one of my first priorities when I moved into the rectory here was to, uh, put in a chapel and it's good to do holy hours there, uh, spend time in quiet in the morning and, uh, a place to say mass when we don't have mass publicly. So it's been a, a real blessing. So yeah, having living with Jesus is great. You're a good roommate, but Jesus is a little bit better. <laughs> well, he is—he's um, God after all, right? Yeah, no, we, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not a, not a fair comparison. So, we wanted to uh, record today because we're coming up on Advent, and here at St. Peter's Dayton Region Twelve, we have a number of events that are coming up for Advent that we wanted to provide for our parishioners. We have. Uh, a few days of prayer and mercy, uh, extended adoration days with confession throughout the day as well. But we also have a, an Advent mission coming up. Yeah, and so if, you, if you're listening and not from the, the region here, don't worry. This will actually contain some good information for you as well, because the, this idea of preparation for the coming of the Lord is something that has to be at the center of all of our hearts and, and not only our parishioners. We, do, however, have a special concern for those who might actually come to our <laughs> services. So, yeah, you know, and and if we're talking about something that your parish isn't doing, there's always that invite to your pastor. Hey, can I help you set this up, or can I help you do this? I think as a pastor, that's one thing. When someone comes to me and is like, "Hey, I heard this other parish doing it, but I don't want to just throw it at your lap and say, do it for us. I want to help you do this here." And I know quite a number of other parishes are doing days of prayer and mercy during both Advent and Lent, where they have extended adoration, extended confessions, uh, things like that. So, so. It, I'm I'm so happy to see that it's spreading uh, around the country, around our diocese as well. So yeah, and it's it's to clarify the two things we're talking about. So we're setting up two different kinds of events. One of them is just an extended time of adoration and quiet and availability for confessions. We're calling this a day of mercy, and you're getting two different kinds of mercy there. You're getting forgiveness of your sins in confession, which is great, baller. I'm a big fan. Solid A+, plus, maybe even <laughs> two A-pluses plus, plus. Second kind of mercy that you're getting is that time with our Lord in the Eucharist, where if Jesus is the Son and the Son's rays are his mercy, you're just sunbathing in the mercy pouring out of our Lord in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Very awesome time to do your, your penance after confession, but also to just... Just be to soak in the Jesus goodness. I, I love, was it Therese of Lisieux? She would run into the chapel and, and her sisters in the convent would be able to like, what are you doing in there? I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. It's as simple as that. But, but I think it's also a challenge because some, I, 
adoration fell like when I was a kid, it fell away. I wasn't done very much. My home parish started it to a, you know, a kind of a perpetual adoration, mostly perpetual adoration when I was in maybe late junior high, high school. But I know that there are a lot of people who may be listening who have never been to a period of adoration, a period of Jesus is in front of me in the monstrance. I don't know what to do. Like when I go to mass, it's all prescribed. I know what the responses are. But when I go to adoration, what should I do? So what tips do you have for them uh, for going, maybe a first time going to adoration or first time in a long time? Or if they're just like, I've been there, but I'm just like, ah, what do I do? I think this time of Advent actually gives us uh, maybe a particular lens to use to think about adoration, right? So a general thing in our spiritual life is that we have to be ready to receive the graces that God wants to give us. God is constantly doing good things for us, but so often we miss his graces because we don't know what we're looking for. Advent is a special time where we're preparing for the specific grace. Jesus is God. God became a human being, and he was born. He had a birthday on December 25th, about 2,000 years ago, a little bit more than 2,000 years ago. We're preparing for that grace of God becoming one of us, God joining us, and really thinking about it, right? Because we we have this whole Advent Christmas preparation season. There's a million advertisements going on. We're planning parties. We're decorating houses, decorating houses, cleaning houses. You know, mom, I remember mom yelling at me like, hey, you need to clean your room. And I'm like, mom, none of the guests are coming to my room. And it's like, no, you need to clean your right. But the coats might end up on your bed. Right. That was always a threat in my house. (laughs) (laughs) And so we go through all of this external preparation, but we also know that we need an internal preparation. We need to be looking for the grace of Christmas that God is going to give us. And we don't totally understand what that is. God's purposes are bigger than our idea of what he can do. And so to get ready for that, adoration is a beautiful opportunity because now it's not just me trying to think about what's God doing. Now it's not just me bouncing ideas around the walls on the inside of my head, which is messy. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's looking at Jesus like he's right there, right? Right. And so I can take all of this busyness of the season. I can take all of this, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in my life. Lord, I, I don't feel like stuff is changing or stuff is happening. And I can lay that out in front of him on the altar. You know, if, if it's the stuff on my mind is I have this list of things that needs to get done and I'm stressed, I can go through that list with Jesus and let him, you know, looking at me from the monstance, monstrance. I can <laughs> monstance? Talk, monstance, the, yeah. It's, it's, looking at it's me, early. It's, it's still before noon. That's right. <laughs> him, Jesus, looking at me from the monstrance can you know, weigh in on that list. And hey, you know what? Now that I'm looking at Jesus in the Eucharist, this thing that seemed like it was going to end the world because I wasn't ready, now it doesn't yeah. seem as important. And also, I, I can take the other prayer kind of stuff. I can maybe, if there's an Advent devotional, you know, I know that uh, the Sisters of St. Paul put out a really good one um, about, like, remembering death and looking forward to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a fun a lot, topic. A lot of parishes have little books that they hand out. Little blue books or, we, yeah, blue books for Advent. Mm-hmm. We have those here at our parish as well, if you were looking for something. And you can flip through those, you can read it, you can let the material there kind of sink in. And then since Jesus is shooting mercy beams from the Eucharist uh-huh. there, you know, the, the stuff that you're reading comes in and Jesus shoots a beam through your heart and it connects down there and something happens because yeah. now it's not just me thinking about it, right? I'm thinking about it in front of Jesus and he can weigh in. Yeah, because I think it's, it's important in a holy hour... In time before the Blessed Sacrament, if it's an hour, if it's 15 minutes, 
if it's three hours, I know people who do would do three hours that day. I think it's important that there is time of silence because our world is so noisy. We have constant uh, a constant bombardment of noise in our lives. And so sitting back in that silence, in that quiet, really gives Jesus a chance to speak to you uh, in that moment of silence, in that, and maybe, maybe the, I, I know like the first two, three, four, five minutes, you're, you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to set my watch for 10 minutes. All right. And I'm just going to sit here in quiet and I'm going to think about what I just read and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to let Jesus speak to me. Okay. It's been 10 minutes. It's been 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, so it can be a, a time of really stretching our hearts and our minds and our souls because we don't experience that silence very well in our world today. And so I think just taking that opportunity to take that deep breath and be like, okay, Jesus, this is your chance to speak to me. And I'm just going to sit here in, in this quiet to let your heart speak to my heart, you know? And another, uh, another thing that can be really good, I think maybe in this Advent season, especially getting ready for Christmas is to if we're trying to enter into this silence, we can imagine that silence of the nativity or the long, quiet road from Galilee up at the very north part of the country of Israel all the way down south to Bethlehem. A three, right. four, five-day journey. Yep, just yeah. walking, Mary and Joseph, maybe, you know, Mary on donkey, Joseph holding her hand, leading <laughs> along. You know, it's a beautiful little mental Con- image. Considering she was nine months pregnant, I hope she was riding on a donkey that's or right. something. I hope she didn't have to walk that far. Oh, my gosh. If she did, that's just one of the hidden sorrows of Mary, I'll say. Let's just <laughs> go with that. <laughs> you know, imagining those biblical scenes, you know, if you're reading from the scriptures, from the account of our Lord's infancy, there's a lot of really beautiful details, and then a lot that's just not mentioned, not talked about, yeah. and that's a place where God can invite us to use our imagination, our interior space. Like, what would this have been like for the Blessed Mother? And then we kind mm. of take that, okay, so what What do I think? What are my thoughts? And then you compare them to what's in the biblical text, and you float through it, and you imagine what it smelt like, you imagine what it would have looked like on the cliff country, on the yeah. deserts, and all that other kind of fun stuff that they had o- over there. Yeah. And and that's such a great way to pray with the scriptures, especially, you know, what would have been like when if you were Mary, which I know neither one of us are, maybe Absolutely if not. you're Joseph, and the the shepherds come and you hear the angels singing, you know, what would what what would how would your heart remove if you were there in that situation? It can be a great time of using the imagination to pray in a deeper way. So but so those are the days of mercy. We do have two of them here at the region on so, December 4th, which is a Friday. No, it's December 3rd. It's December 3rd, Friday, which is a Friday. December 3rd. Yeah, you can edit that out so I don't look stupid, right? That's our... Yeah, me edit? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> the December 3rd, which is a Friday, we have an 8.30 a.m. Mass at St. Peter, after which the Blessed Sacrament will be exposed, and then we'll have confessions available from as soon as Mass is done all the way up through 7 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And the Blessed Sacrament will be exposed on the altar during that whole time, and it'll just be a beautiful opportunity to pray, to have your sins forgiven. We'll do the same thing again uh, just a little bit later on, December 11th, which is a Saturday Saturday. Mm -hmm. at Our Lady of the Rosary Parish, and uh, leading up from that 12 o'clock noon until right before the 5 o'clock p.m. Mass. Correct. And uh, and there is also a 7.30 p.m. Mass on Friday, December 3rd. We have a first Friday Mass in the evening. So uh, if you want to come for a period of adoration, 
a little bit of a break while we set we get out of the confessional, set back up, uh, get ready for Mass, and then uh, we'll do the first Friday devotions at the end of that Mass as well. So I think just a, a lovely opportunity to enter into the silence of this season as well. So, And then the, the second thing that we're talking about is an Advent mission. So parish mission, just generally speaking, is a, a kind of intense training, thought, and, and focus, right? We come to Mass, and it's kind of just the normal rhythm of our lives. You, you go to Mass on Sunday, maybe a couple times during the week. It's part of giving our whole life to God by consecrating particular times, but it's just intentionally regular and general, right? You can't right. do, whereas this is more like a, a special Ma- time away. Yeah. yeah, Mass is just part of the beauty of Mass, and sometimes the struggle of Mass is just, it's a routine, Mm-hmm. It's a routine and a ritual that we do the same thing or very similar things week after week after week, uh, which is beautiful because we can we can just sort of turn our minds off and enter into the thing, which is also horrendous because we can sort of turn our minds off and just like be there and not engage with what's happening. <laughs> right. And, and so this is an, a time to spice it up, to be intentional about this, to get excited again. So first we should say the days. It's yeah, sure. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, December... 13, 14, 15. I should have let you do all the dates. I, yeah. <laughs> and we start, each night we start at 6.30. We'll have a, a 20 to 30 minute talk by, uh, you're doing one, I'm doing one. We're splitting one. We're having... Sister Faustina. Sister Faustina from, from the, the... Children of Mary. Very, uh, very awesome order of nuns. Sister Faustina comes regular with me regularly with me to go and minister to the women prison inmates here at the the prison in Dayton, and she's incredible. She's so full of faith and and fire for our Lord. She has such a uh, tender, beautiful love for Jesus and also for these very poor and forgotten people in in prison. So she'll be super cool. I'm really excited to have her. So every night that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, December 13, 14, 15, half-hour talk, 20, 30-minute talk starting at 6.30 p.m., from and then continuing after that, we will have adoration, and again, we'll do confessions. You and I will both be in the box uh, yep. available for confessions uh, until 8 p.m. that night as well. So from 6:30 to 8 p.m. Monday, December 13, 14, 15. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You do not. So we'll get into the details of why this is important, what we're talking about. But you don't have to come every day. It's preferable, but. W- we're just going to be talking. You come when you can come, and uh, we'll see if we can record them and post them here or in another place. But, uh, but okay, back to why is it important that we have a parish mission? <laughs> because especially in this Advent season, it's so easy to get caught up in that rhythm as well, right? Like just, just like there's a rhythm to our life of faith where we go to Mass, and, and then a week later we go to Mass again, and it gets kind of automatic um, but also it, it can kind of get stressful and we, we can forget the sacredness of it because it's now another practical thing that I have to do. There are so many practical things that we have to do between here and the holidays. I've not even started shopping yet. Right. And it's only I've got out- my I have to buy for my parents this year and I've got my parents done, but I don't have like my godchildren done yet. So yeah, and right. I have to buy something for the parochial vicar. Oh, you don't. You could. You could. Find, <laughs> just just stock the liquor cabinet. <laughs> but um, and this is a time to intentionally step away from that bustle and hustle. Intentionally saying that backwards. Yes. 
I, I promise it was intentional. <laughs> to remember and refocus on the ultimate importance, right? Because Jesus came as a little baby 2,000 years ago, but he's also coming again in glory at the end of our lives and at the end right. of the world. And after a while, you know, the houses that we decorate for Christmas... Go ahead. Okay, you're pointing I have me. I have a thought that okay, I don't want to lose. Sorry. So. so the houses that we decorate for Christmas are, are not going to be there anymore. You know, the relatives that we're visiting, you know, maybe this could be one of the last couple Christmases, right? We have to focus and remember that there's bigger, more important things that take up the, the small details and the practical facts, but give it importance and give it a purpose and point it towards what ultimately is going to matter in our lives. Right. And I think one of the struggles that even really committed Catholics have is, well, Jesus was born 2,020-some years ago. He lived, he died just under 2,000 years ago. He said all these nice things. He did all these wonderful things. He died. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Why does that matter for me in 2021, moving to 2022 as a as a committed Catholic, as someone who wants to be a committed Catholic, I think that's where one of the struggles is: is what, how do, how is this important for my life today? And I think that's one of the things I know I want. I think I'm I'm to address in my talk, which mm-hmm. is Wednesday night. But I think taking this time aside for a parish mission, just in general, helps us to kind of like enter into that deeper relationship with Jesus, so that. He's not just a historical figure, mm-hmm. but he's also present and alive to me today. And that he changes things. It's the life with Jesus is different than life without Jesus. Absolutely. And we, we all say that, right? We know that somewhere in the back of our minds that th- there's something different because I'm Catholic. There's something different because Jesus has come and saved the world. But the rest of the world doesn't live that way, right? We, we, we look at economy numbers and political ups and downs, and we look at world history, and it's kind of just this eternally rotating cycle of things that look good but then turn out bad. I know, right? In a lot of ways. And so somehow Christ has to have changed it, right? And if you look at most of our lives, we live most of our lives, and I'm just as guilty of this, yeah, me too. Me Jesus too. has not changed anything. Yeah. As if I'm still thinking about, oh, you know what? If I just save this a little bit more, I can get this nice new chair for my office <laughs> in the rectory, and it's going to make me so much more comfortable. And maybe it's going to solve this tendon issue in my elbow because it's going to be at a better angle, right? Like, which hopefully it does. I actually want my elbow to feel better. <laughs> but right, like this, we live thinking about the things of this world, and we don't. Think about the ways in which Christ has changed everything, that the world is different because of Jesus. And so taking that time to step away again makes it clear, like, no, Jesus has made something different. I I have this consciousness that I'm living for something new. I'm living for something better, that that God has something in store for me, even in these practical mundane details. So, yeah, and, and how that is going to impact your life is different based on the state of your life. How it impacts us as priests is going to be way different. So for us as priests, I think without spending that time in quiet, that's why why it's so important for me to have a chapel in the house and have Jesus as a roommate is because if we are not close to him, we will lose the... If we lose our connection with him, we're going to be a terrible priest. But I realize like a mother of four, a mother of six... 
isn't going to be able to spend an hour in quiet time praying before the Lord every day because, you know, the two-year-old is going to be coming up and yelling and screaming and like in their face. So, so, but without these intentional times of like going out and and connecting with the Lord, even as, as a a mom of four or a mom of six or you, my, my parents who are retired, your parents who are still working, you know, if we don't spend those intentional times to connect, we'll never have those intentional ways that I do this in my life as a priest, as a wife, as a, a grandfather, as a whatever it is, as a single person in my life, you know? Yeah, and so. Advent provides this awesome opportunity to refocus in that way. It, it, almost like a, s- a scheduled wake-up alarm, right? right. Like, exactly. okay, Jesus is coming, Focus. Remember that he's he's both coming and already here, which is weird. Uh, yeah, I had a magnet on my fridge at my last place that said, "Jesus is coming. Be ready. Yeah. <laughs> Stay awake. You do not know when the hour, the hour will come." Right. Yeah. That's the the gospel message, and we don't know when the hour will come either for us or for the whole world. God, please let it be soon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Get to confession, people. That's why we're doing confessions. Right. And so this is this is why we do this this mission. The, the talks are going to be focused on this reality that God is present. Jesus does make our lives different. He changes what world history means. He changes what it means for me to be a man, for a lot of my parishioners to be women. <laughs> what it we're, means for them to be women. That's right. Yeah, yeah they right. are women. He doesn't change them. To they, they were born that way. Fair. The, um, <laughs> we're, we're actually splitting on that second day. We'll have a talk specifically for men on how Christ changes what it means to be a man and a talk specifically for women on what, how Christ changes what it means to be a woman. And that's what we're bringing Sister Faustina in for, which is going to be super awesome. And I'm a little bit jealous that they get the cooler talk. And and, and we had, yeah, the guys get us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll, Alas, we'll do Alas. we'll do our best. Yeah. Then um, the the last talk Father Kyle is going to do on Wednesday is going to be how Christ changes my life. This yeah, how to grow in that relationship in our world in 2022, uh, moving into 2022. You know, and and just that sense of what I was saying earlier that just some really practical te- tips to make Jesus come alive off the pages of the scripture, out of our prayer life, into my day to day life, because. Um, because I, I just think that's a struggle for many. I know it, it's been a struggle for me, even as a priest. Yeah. So, and I've learned a lot just in my own ongoing conversion of heart. And I want to share some of those tips with with people as well. So, and it's also kind of fun for me looking ahead to preparing to talk because there's only so much I can do at a homily. First of all, I get a limited amount of time, but I've also got a. You kind of have to address the whole breadth of Christian life and right. only pick a specific thing, right? Whereas in, in a parish mission, I'm intentionally trying to bring out the exciting, the dramatic, the sometimes the harder hitting stuff, kind of get some fire going in there because <laughs> we forget about that stuff. It would not be good for me to preach fire and brimstone every Sunday because that's depressing and right. we, we need to remember that the beautiful things that God does are way cooler and more important than the scary stuff that's in store for us if we don't accept his grace. <laughs> There's a balance there. We, we need to address both. But Whereas yeah. when we're thinking specifically about waking up, that that fire, like the, the we say this all of the time in the prayers of the church, that Jesus is going to come to judge the world by fire. And uh-huh. it's not going to be comfortable. And keeping in mind this future reality and preparing for the coming of the Lord takes on this special importance in Advent. And 
that, that wake-up call gives us an opportunity to have a focused reminder of the impending reality that God is coming without it becoming this whole kind of generally stressful, anxiety-inducing terror, whatever. Right. There's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is fear of the Lord, but not this cowering fear, but this reverential fear that he's God, I'm not. But if we have that holy fear, that holy respect, that holy sense of what he's doing in my life, then when he comes, it's not, he doesn't come in a fearful way. I mean, he comes in a tremendous and in a fearful way, yes, but we can also be prepared to go to meet him as a friend. Right, and yeah. that's why it's so good and important that we're coupling both this talk that's focused on, like, hey, like, re- repent from your sins, guys. It's important. <laughs> With exactly the, the stuff that you need to do it, right? Our Lord is yeah. going to be right there in the Eucharist. So if something in the talk unsettles you, or you realize as we're talking that something unconnected is pulling you away from Christ in your life, because that happens, right? The Holy Spirit yeah. is going to be working while we're talking. Then you can just go and you can look at Jesus and he's right there in the Eucharist and you can be like, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. Right. So, and so yeah, sit there in that quiet and let him tell you what to do with this thing or let him kind of think. And, and I, when I say let him tell you, I think this is a struggle that a lot of people have with adoration too, going back to that. Mm-hmm. Like, how does Jesus speak to me? Because I have never in my life in for almost 45 years of life, I have never heard an audible word spoken from the Lord to my ears. Right. I have felt him call me to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I have felt him call me to different roles that I have had as a priest. I have felt him uh, give me inspiration to say this thing in a homily or this thing in spiritual direction or whatever. But it, it's never that I've heard him say that. I felt him give me that inspiration. So I think when we when when I when I say let the Lord tell you, I think it's also important to go back and look how have I felt the Lord speak to me in the past, you know? Because I I'm convinced one of my things that I'm convinced about He speaks to us, He reveals His will to us in consistent ways uh, throughout our life, and how He reveals that to me is different than how He reveals that to you because He created you differently, He created me differently. But, but then, as he's created us, he's created us, and he's 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 sort of set up our own receivers, grace receivers, so to speak. I don't know what I'm saying. Grace receivers <laughs> that, if we tune those in in the right way, if we pay attention to those specific ways that he makes his will known to us, then it'll made it'll be manifest throughout. I think so. a specific example can help. So let's imagine that someone is hit during one of these talks, like, man, I'm really held back by my pride in this way. You know, when there's a conversation, I remember a recent conversation and man, I was just, I couldn't be wrong. I knew I was wrong, but I couldn't let myself (laughs) be wrong. And so I, I lied and I exaggerated something and I was really a jerk and like, man, why do, why do I act that way? Why is my heart longing for affirmation and the, the, joy of being right when I know it's hurting my friends, right? I bet that's Dugas. Yeah. Keep talking. I'll be right. right We're going to welcome a seminarian here, <laughs> surprise guest. And uh, so I've got this, this, I recognize that my heart is pulled toward something that I don't actually want. 
And looking in adoration at our Lord, I have the opportunity to kind of go through and examine those interior movements of the heart and judge and categorize them by the reality of our Lord in the Eucharist, right? Like, there's the thing that I actually want. I know what I actually want is Jesus, and I've got this feeling in my heart of wanting something else, and now I'm laying it out in front of him. I'm like, Lord, I I know that this thing that I want, and I do it in conversations, and this pride is bad, and I don't want it, but I do want you. Work on my heart. Pull those desires apart. Untangle that that mess of pride and self-whatever. Self-centeredness, self, um, and refocus it on you. And so he's kind of like pouring out his grace in the Eucharist. He's untangling and refocusing your soul. Yeah. And I was talking with a friend yesterday about discipleship and what does it mean to be a mature Christian disciple. It means my heart is open to the other. And if our heart isn't open to the other that we can see and that we encounter, and if my heart isn't open to desire that... I want my spouse to know the Lord better. I want my children or I want my friend, you know, in those little ways that we can do that. If we're not open to the other that we can see, we'll never be open to the other that we cannot see um, in God. And so I think just this time set aside of Advent was really opening. I think that's part of our gift giving, mm-hmm. you know, is because we, we want to see and recognize the needs of the other person who's in front of us and then kind of, be open in sharing those gifts with that person. So, and it's also then right since this is all in the context of the parish mission. Now that you've realized something was going on in your heart, you've taken it to the Lord in adoration. Now I can go take those failures to confession, right. and I can have a concrete knowledge that God has forgiven me. And this is one of the things that I always remember. The, the, the or I try to remember. Don't always remember. <laughs> the sacraments are for us. They're not for God. Right. And it's not like God is angry and he needs the sacrament of confession to be at peace with me again. Rather, it's that I know that I'm guilty and I need to be healed. And so then I go to confession. I say, I did the thing. And the priest forgives me for the thing. And I hear the words, I absolve you of your sins, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then when later, you know, a couple weeks down the road, the devil comes in a attacks me with guilt three o'clock in the morning because that's how that always happens, right? You wake up and you're like, man, why did I do that in middle school? Right Now I know. I don't have to, I don't have to be afraid. I know for a fact that God has forgiven me and healed me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and that's, I think, what Advent's about. That's why Jesus comes to dive into our human experience, to lift us up, to restore us. I, one of my favorite meditations this time of year, that Jesus dives into the human experience so that he can restore us not to an earthly paradise that was lost by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, but that he can restore us to a heavenly paradise, the paradise that that is his kingdom, that is his uh, throne in heaven, uh, that is revealed to us in the book of Revelation, where the lamb sits at the center, uh, the lamb that was slain sits at the center of all of what we are. And that's really what we're going for, and that's really where we're aiming for. And that I think when we have that realization and that reality, it can be so transformative in our lives of grace, in our lives, even just in our lives, in our families, and just journeying one day at a time with the Lord. So yeah. Jesus isn't far away on the outside. He's very close at the center that's here. Right. And, yeah. and someone asked me recently, 
hey, does Jesus care about all this stuff? Does he care about my worries? Does he care about the the stresses? And I'm like, yes. Unequivocally. That's yes. why he came and entered our human existence, so that even the smallest, dumbest little things that bother us can be close to his sacred heart. Absolutely. With that, uh, for more information on either Day of Mercy or the parish Advent mission that we're doing, uh, visit our website, Dayton, X-I-I, Dayton12.org. Um, the, see the parish bulletin. See there's some flyers on that. We'll be talking about it a little bit more as well here at our parishes, uh, which is our St. Peter, Holy Cross, Our Lady of the Rosary, uh, St. Peter and Huber Heights, the other two down in Old North Dayton. I think a we pray for our people, and I think that's an important piece too. We, we're praying for you, and we want you to have the best Advent experience possible, which doesn't mean decorate your house. It means prepare your heart. Uh, prepare the way for the Lord, not just in an external way, but we want to provide these opportunities to prepare that way in an internal, deep, internal, profound way as well. Um, any last words? Uh, I think that's that was pretty good. I like that. that you like that? <laughs> it's like I've been doing this for a while. All right. God bless everybody. Uh, we'll be back soon. What Now, Jesus is a podcast produced by Father Kyle Schnipple and Father David Dosek. Any views and ex- opinions expressed are solely our views and opinions and do not reflect those of our diocese, of our church, uh, or anyone else besides those of us who are appearing on the podcast. God bless.